sorry, Melbourne Victory. You're terrible. Hello, welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. Language warning on this week, because guess what, folks? It's happy FOM week. That's right. It's fuck off Melbourne week. Adelaide United with a big three points away to Melbourne victory. There was some other stuff. There was football played. There was Premier League. There was other shit. But let's just jump straight into the Adelaide game. Tommy, how you doing? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? It's the whispers. Adelaide United are going to win the league. Adelaide United are going to win the league. Oh. We're going to win the league. I think we're going to win the league. We called it a few weeks ago. We did. Goody came back and we just said, we're going to win the league. And yep. here we are. We're sitting third. Third, yep. Third, only behind on goal difference Yeah, from second. And West, uh, Western Sydney have played a game more. So, I, uh, I assume you watched... The football unfold Saturday? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I had Saturday off, thankfully. Went and celebrated Pirate Life's sixth birthday. Shout out Pirate Life. Yeehaw. What a fantastic day that was. They definitely um, they got me in the mood for the game. Came back to here. Watched it. Mwah. You know what? I tell you what. I forgot that we were totally outplayed in the first 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. We were. <laughs> um, we were smashed. I remember messaging you while the game was on saying, or at halftime saying... We probably could have been maybe down and out in the first 20 or so. But we went and we won 3-1. Oh, so fuck them. Thank fuck, man. I'd tell you what, I wanted to, I wanted to address my like, perception paralysis that I had for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized this pod has kind of turned, turned more, more into a diary of our drinking habits more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought maybe we should just try and play the game. But then we watched the KO Mini just, just before we started recording this. While drinking. While drinking. But the, it's a different kind of drinking. It's a midweek drinking compared... You know, we don't yeah, have to get into yeah. this. You know what I'm talking about. But I watched this and I, I really honestly forgot that the first 15 minutes, they looked like they could have been two or three goals up. Yeah, and they I think, were. I think it really plays into just how poor Melbourne victory are right now. Absolutely. They were... Um, it looked like Robbie Cruz and McManaman were getting a bit of joy out wide getting a bit of space a bit too much space oh yeah and if we were playing a better team with better yeah attackers than Robbie Cruz they probably could have <laughs> put us away and Rudy Gestead who, and does, Ru- who does everything right well but I don't know if you did you listen to the commentary I was here I had it up Archie Thompson what a joker <laughs> what a joker He, all he did was talk about, I don't know, did you know how good Melbourne are? Did you know how good Melbourne are? I've heard they're good. All he talked about, all he talked about was how McManaman is a genius. Uh, Rudy Gestead is apparently the deadliest striker to ever play the game of football. Yep. Better than Pele, apparently. I heard that. Uh, It's on his Instagram profile. They brought in uh, this JP fella to assistant coach and he's apparently, you know, Bielsa or Mourinho, he's going to turn them into world club champion winners. A combination of all. That's how good Melbourne are. I don't know if, if you people realise how good Melbourne are. I Melbourne mean, are that good. How many games have they won again? Just ask Archie how good Melbourne victory are. They're that good. Just give them the championship. Don't worry. They're, they're bottom. they got no fans. you got no fans. <laughs> <laughs> they're bottom. But don't worry about it. They're that good. Ask yeah. Archie. 
ask Archie and ask all 5,000 people that were in the stadium to watch this capitulation to What did we Adelaide say United. it was going to be last week? I, I thought, I said 10,000 and I thought that was actually being uh, uh, like conservative. Yeah. Um, Marvel, Marvel Stadium, mm. Adelaide versus Melbourne Victory, 5,000. Pathetic. 5,000 people. Sing when you're winning. Talk about sing when you're winning, hey. Jesus Christ. Name, not, uh, name a club with a more sing when you're winning mentality than Melbourne Victory. Uh, Collingwood? No. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. <laughs> no, not in you the can't A-League. Do it. Not in the A-League. Definitely you, not. You cannot do it. They've just they've deserted their club at the exact... And they're always going to point to external forces for the reason as to why they're not going to support their team. But you're, you're in the absolute worst position you've ever been in the inception of the A-League. Maybe bar the first or the first season where I think they didn't finish very well. They may have been actually bottom, bottom two in the first season. But since then... An absolute powerhouse. Given every single resource, they are. I mean, there are contract rules created for this club throughout the years. They have everything that you could possibly be advantaged to you for a club in a salary capped league. And yet, where are you? You're bottom of the table. What has happened? No one can explain to me what's gone wrong. It's juicy, isn't it? It's great. I can't get enough of it. Nothing can I. I could not get enough of Hook the... Hook it to um, my veins. I hate to return again to Archie Thompson, but post-game, even during the game, after our goals, uh, we'll get it out of the way now so we don't have to talk about him when we do our notes on the game. Perfect. We can just talk about what actually happened in it, but just him complaining about <laughs> anything, anytime something happened for Adelaide, it was just, oh, Melbourne, why are they... Poor Melbourne, oh, we're so good. I don't understand how this is happening to us. Oh. It doesn't make sense. Why didn't we clear our lines? Yeah, it's oh. not like the Adelaide United players are good enough to beat our players individually. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's enough airtime. That's more than enough airtime Archie deserves. Of all of it, you know, we've criticised, in our very short history of doing this, we've criticised the Fox Sports commentators much over this. But... It's really been brought to a light for this when you've got... Who was it? Zapper and Archie It was Zappers and Archie, yeah. You've got a sideline commentator and a guy that can barely coherently string a sentence together. <laughs> and they're trying to, you know, portray to us what perhaps is... You know, it's the biggest game for the Adelaide United fan in any season. And they're the ones that are painting a picture for us. And it's, it's a slap in the face. Yeah, why why it are is. we engaged in this? And... Um, I did just say that'll be the last of it, but just looking through One my more. notes, One looking more. through my notes here, I just know that uh, there's moments in the game that we'll get to where I do have a note on something stupid that he said. So, um, I guess maybe we'll just try and go. He's a reoccurring villain. He is. Maybe we'll just try and go from early on in the piece. Yeah, do it. Um, do it. Do it from the McManaman foul. I'll do start it. with yeah. My first note was the McManaman foul, where he tackles Lopez. It's he's nowhere near the ball. He just boots him in the shin. And then he kicks the ball into him, which I don't mind that. It wasn't hard. You know, yeah. it's just a bit of shit. It's a derby he? game. That's cool. <laughs> and Archie says, yeah, that's what you want. Is it? Is it what you want? Your team sucks. <laughs> and you're just going to go, you're going to just go kick players and get nowhere near the ball. Yeah. He's probably lucky not to get booked. The only reason he didn't, I think, was because Chris Beath is inept. And yep. also because it's early it was game. very early in the game. And referees, game. for some reason, think they can't give yellows in the first five minutes. Especially and that Beef. was a horrible yeah. tackle. There's some, there's some refs that pride themselves on it, but Beef really does like to let the bookings just peter out a little bit so he can command more of the attention in the second yeah. half. Um, but yeah, Archie's basically sewing, uh, saying, show him that he's there. 
That's a Sunday league catch crying. What the fuck? Are you? This is a professional football field. What That's, is going on? You can't yeah. just scythe down good opposition players to show you that you're Although, there. Have you seen, a little off topic, but have you seen Amazon's um, Tottenham Hotspur documentary? I have. Yeah, I really like it. So the more you watch stuff like this, the more you realize that the same chat, stupid chat you hear in Sunday league, you still hear professionals do anyway. Pretty much. You got a circle of like professional footballers there and Harry Kane's just going, go on lads, get, get him in, yeah. get in hard. From the start, lads, let's go. My, like, my favorite scene. They're just talking the same shit my that fa- we say. My favorite scenes of the shows is when Harry Kane's sitting with uh, Jose and Daniel Levy and some other board director and they're all talking like proper football finance chat and like expansion and all this shit. And Harry yeah. Kane just like, yeah, man, I'll just, I'll just kick in the goals. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, all right. Yeah, this guy's got nothing in his brain. No. Anyway, back to Adelaide. We'll leave that there. But that's, that's the same sort of chat that we were hearing. It was like, you know, McManaman was just gone and it was a yellow, yellow card offense. Oh, probably. every day of the week. He's gotten away with it because it's early, which you know, I'm not too bitter that he didn't get a card. I just wanted to make note of it. Hmm. Uh, while we're there on Lopez, um, impressed. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of overwhelmed actually. I've been very happy with him of late I, in the fullback position. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be a very astute signing by the look of it. His um, his defensive play is good. It's solid, but it's is what he offers us going forward. That is, yeah. His combination play with Craig Goodwin is something that is going to be fucking devastating throughout the season. He uh, he seems to have a lot of smarts as well, which you'd get playing 200-odd games in La Liga. Yeah, but just so. And just the... Um, you might not think of a 34-year-old Spaniard as being fast, but in terms of that first yard or two, moving the ball, quick feet, he is quick. He's got that pace. He just sees the game pretty quick. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. It's, it's his experience. It's exactly that. He reads the... He reads the, the transitions and the moments in play and he knows which areas of the play to attack in which he can properly exploit whatever's going on in the game. You don't need to be physically fit or athletic or fast to be able yep. to do that. Because um, well, while we're on y- Yavi, should we just go to that goal that he set up? Yep. Brilliant. Um, we shouldn't ball. overlook the first goal, but yeah. No, we we'll, shouldn't. We'll skip but, straight I mean, to the second one. Well, you know, if we just want to touch on it quickly, yeah, Broxham tries to clear it, fucks it up. Mork just hammers it in. Really? That's all there is to it. Really good finish. Very no, well but, taken. No, what, no, but the combination play between Yavi Lopez and Craig Goodwin that on is the left-hand true. side, Sorry. it yeah. feeds that into is, the second yeah. goal. Javi, well, both of our first two, our three goals all came from down the left. Yeah. Our left. Yeah. Melbourne's right. Um, I did yeah. make note of how... Same combination of the same three players. Yeah. I did make note of how um, uh, teams... Seemed to look uh, pretty... We saw it with Newcastle. Was it Newcastle we played last week at home? Yeah. And Melbourne Victory now. Teams are absolutely petrified of Craig Goodwin. Oh, yes. And they are marking him so tight. Storm Roo, who I I think is a decent player, or he has been in the past. Yeah, I liked him at Perth. He Perth? was at Perth, right? Uh, Central Coast. Central Coast. Yeah. Sorry. I think he's a... Did he play? No, nah, it doesn't oh, matter. Fuck, who cares? Doesn't matter. He's I, at Melbourne now. That's I, all that matters. Yes. I enjoyed him when he, where he was at his original club. Yep. Now I haven't seen him really evolve into the play that he's supposed yeah. to be. Well, I think he's, he's had some good times at Melbourne, but you saw on the weekend, he, 
He was marking Craig Goodwin pretty tightly. Melbourne did a pretty good job of keeping him out of the game. Oh, yeah, for 50 minutes, definitely. They went to sleep for one moment. Yeah. And Javi Lopez and Craig Goodwin teamed up, exploited them, got it into Yangi. Off we go. It's a picture-perfect goal. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. It's the motherfucking Y-E-N-G-Y. <laughs> I. Y-E-N-G-I. Even. Either way. Look, he may even change his name now after this, thankfully. Uh, Yangi with a Y. It's a- but yeah, Lope- Lopez to Goodwin. What a com- They look like a good combo. That's Two very smart, experienced... Yeah, quality players on the one side of the field. Incisive goal. The pass that he plays for the second for the for the yeah. Yankee finish. Insane. Which, he cuts out four defensive players. Hits up yeah. Goodwin, like you said, for once. Gets around. Still perfectly weighted. Yeah, perfectly weighted. Goodwin Doesn't have cross, to change. Stride. Goodwin crosses first time, and Yankee fumbles it in. Yep. It's not the doesn't cleanest even take finish. Oh, it doesn't matter. matter. It's in. doesn't matter. Um, harsh and, on harsh on Noah Smith to be dropped. No. No, no, I mean, in the sense that... Um, <laughs> no, not at all. It's rough on Noah to be... He looked... He was playing okay, and he had some decent games, but... Um, sorry, mate. <laughs> We've got a 200-game La Liga th- left yeah. back to come in and take your spot. That's exactly what it is. And his quality... And, and what's Noah? Defensive Nin- quality. Noah's going to get his chance again. Precisely. Yeah. What's, what's Noah? 19, 20? Because I do like him. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. But if if you've got a choice between him and Lopez, well, this off, is, off what I've seen, Lopez, oh man. This is what we always talk about when we've we've aired our frustrations a bit with internationals, our international signings, mm-hmm. not making use of them. And this is a great opportunity. He'll be learning off Lopez. You would hope so. He'll be learning off this guy. And um, that can only be a good thing for yeah. Noah. Yeah, it's twofold. They, Lopez acts on the pitch. He gives us an attacking prowess and a defensive resilience that we need. Yep. And he's also tutoring all of the players within the ranks. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's perfect. Hopefully, that's how it is. Yeah. Um, we just got to Yengi fumbling the ball in. Yeah. But um, before that, obviously, he came on for our Toure. Do you have any thoughts on our Toure at the moment? I've got a note here, but... Go on. No, you tell me. Well, I just think there is... We've seen it before. But there is a special player in there. We've seen it, and I think we should just be patient. Yep. He's come back from a pretty fucked up injury. Hell yeah. And we, we've seen what he can do. We saw it before. Um, and just I think we just need to give him time, and hope he, hopefully he'll get back to that. We give, for what he did in that FFA Cup final, we give our Torre every single year that he needs. What, Absolutely. Yeah, we support him through every step yeah. of his football career. I think it's been he's, slow for him coming back. He's, yeah. But I think he's, we should. We should. I think we should take it slower. He's. Yeah. He's obviously not ready. He looks like a player who's taken not just. He's taken obviously the injury hit, which means he's come back. He looks a little off the pace. I think he may have because of that injury. He's taken a confidence hit as well. Um. You know, he had like what did he have like a double? He had two ACLs. He had like a he? double break or he something. had something crazy going. Yeah. He was out for nine months. Good research. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not a sports was... scientist, man. What do you want from me? <laughs> but yeah, he there's a special player there. We should just be patient. And that's why we agree. have that's why we have someone like Yengi waiting in the wings to come on. Yeah, no Moture, no problems. Oh, I, oh, fuck! I wanted to do the oh, did you? reference. Oh, no, it. you got Go it. On. No, you got it. No, you got it. No, I'm not. <laughs> for Al, given I think almost his age is a virtue. Because he, he can go back into the reserves and actually build up 
uh, confidence and a resilience and a strength within his body and his movement and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so I do, yeah, we give him every, every ounce of support. Yeah. And if players are going to come through off the bench that can do the job anyway. Like Yengi. That takes a bit of pressure off him as well. Exactly. And Mo as well. Yeah. They, they both can heal in their own time because yep. apparently we just have an ever-flowing stream of strikers coming through <laughs> yeah. from the well, MPL. Attacking, attacking, uh, attacking quality. It's ridiculous. And yeah. you think, you know... Uh, well, we, these, are the, these are the players that Carl Viet had hand-picked exactly. years ago. Exactly, them, yeah. As juniors. And that's like the setup they had, um, they got going with this is just excellent. And we're reaping the rewards at the moment. Yep. We're not always going to. No, of course not. But, no, of course um, not. You get, you get these kind of little fits and bursts like the Mariners had 10 yep. years ago and, and what we still, we're having now. We still do show, uh, show signs of not being a great football team. Like we said, like they, we could have been put away in the first 20 minutes or so. Yeah. But yeah, we against, saw it out. We were resilient. The, we saw it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, against a better side, maybe we'd suffer there. I don't know that we were resilient. I think against a city or... Perhaps, or, yeah. A MacArthur or something like that, we would have got put away like we have been in the past. Yeah, that's fair. We probably would have, but thankfully, Melbourne Victory are dog shit. They are absolute dog shit, so we didn't. We need to continually reinforce this point because yeah. it doesn't happen often. I and mean, now we, that it is, we stay. We do this pod pretty neutrally when we talk about we try to football, but for you know, Sam does it better than I do. That's true. Yeah, you let your Man United hate get in the way a lot, don't you? Yep. Wait for it. Wait for it. But this week. We're gonna just go all out on Melbourne Victory because we haven't had the throughout the history of the A League. We have not had many opportunities to, so we're going absolutely all out on yes. it. And because we we endured them. we endured every single game of that ten game eleven game oh, winning streak they had against seven hundred and sixty eight games. On, I don't the know the six nil grand final. I just want to make point of we have won six uh, six of our last. Seven against Melbourne Victory. Yep. Six of our last seven. Melbourne Victory are our bitches now. They're our whipping boys. They're our bitches now. Just like these puppies on the screen. Oh, yeah. They are our whipping boys. <laughs> they are our bitches. We've got them. They're wrapped around our finger. We can do what we want they're with them. They're scared of us now. They we are go scared there, of us. They come here. They're you not going to us. You can tell they're scared of us because you can see how the, the way Lee Broxham plays the game. They go ahead with such an outrageous free kick. Like, it's a fantastic goal. It is. Uh, and yeah. I like him as well. Was it Jake Brimmer that scored? Brimmer, yeah, I don't mind Brimmer. I thought he was good. I thought... Yeah. Um, I remember seeing him... It's a good hit. I remember him scoring a couple goals against Perth, maybe. I'm going to leave Gauchi alone on it. Maybe his positioning wasn't the best, but it's still a good hit, and he's probably anticipating a ball into the box. Either way, it's still a good hit. I um, I wonder even if he is anticipating a ball in the box, he shouldn't be coming for it, no matter what. I think he um, probably Galekovic does give him a little bit of a dress down there. He should be Maybe. more central. I don't know. He should be more central to the play. Nonetheless, Maybe. not entirely blaming him for it. It's a really no. good hit. And his first game, he did make some great saves as well. In his oh, first yeah. Game. He was fantastic. For yeah. his de- oh, dude, for his debut, what but a yeah. fucking cauldron to throw him into. I thought he was fantastic. Absolutely. Not much of a cauldron when Melbourne Victory only get 5,000 people there, though. 5,217 people. Pathetic. It was half of what I anticipated. Half. Pathetic, Melbourne. How many did we pull out to Adelaide, Melbourne? 14, more than 000. more than five. It was fourteen thousand. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> fourteen thousand. Okay. Yeah. Was Ad- it? Yeah. The absolute cap of the COVID restrictions we had. 
I just know it was a lot more than five. It was, it was at least double five. <laughs> Have you got any other notes on the game? Or are we just going to keep rambling about how pathetic no, I've their got crowd a, was? I've got a few. I, just, I, I really enjoyed Yankee's celebration. And I know you did. I did. That's why I did the da-da-da-da-da before. Yeah. He had the strut going. It was great. Do you think an action like that draws the kind of criticism and ire that he received in result of it? Uh, elaborate. Know, the, the abuse that he became on the end of I Melbourne mean, Victory fans. and Are we talking... We're not even talking racially motivated. Not the racial... No, but I think I because think, obviously racially motivated, like just don't do it. Well, like, why the fuck we don't are even need to that? talk about you that. It's just yeah, flat out wrong. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. do it. But I'm talking about like these, the booing and the yelling and the booing the bird and the people justifying it as to say, well, he acted in this manner. He deserved it in a way. Do you think that kind of action, well, is inflammatory or is it belonging in? I think it is a little, but I don't like. It doesn't matter. It's cool. It's shit house. You know what I mean? Right? It's fine. Like, it's Archie, funny. Archie Thompson did it to us heaps of times. Yep. Like it. Do, like if he wants to celebrate like that, he knows they're gonna react by booing him. He doesn't know they're gonna react by giving him racial abuse, which True. happened online. But not good enough. He. I think when you do a celebration like that, you know that people are going to be flipping you the bird and shouting things. And that's all part and of the fun. And that's why he's doing it. That's why he's won, doing it. Because yeah. he was the kid in the stands watching Melbourne Victory beat us time yeah. after time after time. Yeah. And now he's the guy on the field scoring the winning goal. Yeah, absolutely. And now he's given it large. That's one of those things you always dream. dream of, isn't it? It's a dream. You always dream of celebrating in front of the... In front of the other teams. Of course. Your rivals fans. Of course it sucks when you're on the receiving end of it. But this is the kind of thing that you highlight. This is the dream of Australian football. This is what you can achieve. You can be in the stands on the receiving end of something shit like we have been. Yep. And then you can turn it into gold. Yep. Excellent. Brilliant. So yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. And people will say, yeah, like I, we, I think we all understand you're going to get given, people are going to flip the bird and people are going to, you know, be yelling to fuck off and all yeah. sorts of shit which from the stands, which is fine. And I would the players don't look phased by that anyway. No, I would hope they it's care. more witty. They know. I would hope it's more witty. It's yeah. something that can actually draw your attention away from the game, but sure. But I mean, we've we've all seen it from all the time we spent down in the active bay at Highmarsh. Like the, some people's reactions to the other team scoring a goal and celebrating and stuff is like, yeah. you know... Some say the net is actually. <laughs> some say the net is erected to stop the cups flying over the cups. when the opposition oh, scores. Oh, the dreaded cups. Other than the ball coming back and yeah. hitting the fans, the cups that we get our full strength alcohol in, which Bang. they do not get in Melbourne. That's true. I've been to Amy Park many a time. Your three point five percent Great Northerns can suck my ass. Come to Adelaide, <laughs> have a full strength Cooper's Pale Ale. Enjoy the football. mm Hmm. Back to the, back to the game. Um, I don't really have many more notes on the actual game itself. They're more just notes about random uh, bits of crowd interaction or commentary or just things like that. This is this tends to always happen with Adelaide Melbourne games. Yeah, it's not so much the game itself; it's what goes on around it. Yeah, it's, I, it's the stuff in the stands. I did have a note to. here that the um, the loudest the Melbourne Victory fans were all night was chanting. Who are you at Yangi after <laughs> after Broxham absolutely butchered him? We just he was too quick for him. He just beat him with pace. 
and Broxham just went, nah, fuck you, I'm going to kick you. Like he does. Broxham's a shit footballer, let's be honest. Yeah. I, I can see... I can see... By. He's I can like see why Melbourne... Bread. I just don't think he's ever been good. I think there was a period where he had a useful value. Had a role. Yeah. But I, I think you could have got someone better to do it. Oh, yeah. But I think... I can see why Melbourne... So many. I can see why Melbourne Victory fans appreciate Lee Broxham. Because mm-hmm. he's kind of been that player that's always... He's always been there, always given 100% for them, all the cliches. But he's always plugged a hole for them somewhere when they need... He's won championships with them, obviously. True. Many, but I, I many. still think he's just an average footballer. He's but, a um, mongrel. That's why they like him. Yeah, which is fair. Maybe. Maybe. We don't worship mongrels. I don't know. If we had one. I, th- I wouldn't no. mind having one sometimes. I don't think that we would. Nah. I think this is a certain subset of side we've mentality. Stephen, we've got Stefan Mork. He's not a mongrel. Look how what pretty is he? he is. He's a cheat. Look how pretty he is. He dives he is a lot. Not, yeah, he dives a lot, but he's not a I mongrel. I'd rather him kick people than dive. This is a great conversation. Isn't it? I'd rather him kick people He's than dive. He's too pretty to kick people. It doesn't work. He has to dive. <laughs> it fits his nature. It's his love language. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Oh, we're going to disagree on this, I think. Probably. I've Yeah, well, Mork's... <laughs> it's one of those things where he's really pissed me off the last few weeks with some of the... <laughs> Some of the bullshit he's pulled on the field. Did he piss like, you off with this double to beat victory? Or no, what? no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. He's, uh, it's a love-hate relationship at the moment with Mork. And it's... Once he leaves Adelaide United, I'll probably say, yeah, he's a... Again. He's a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> but while he's with us, I'm like, no, nah, he's our captain. I thought this we'll game... We'll back him in. Yeah, I thought this game he performed perfectly. Because when Yagi first jumped the fence to go celebrate in front of the victory fans... He was maybe the third or fourth person over there trying to bring the team back over the fence. Hey, we've got a game to play. We, yeah. have to win, we have to win this still. Yeah. And I think we've seen in the past, we were at that game where he flipped the old 2-0 to the City fans. Oh, yeah. Which was great. That's phenomenal shithousery. We know he's got it in when him. When we wrapped up the league. Yeah, when we wrapped up yeah. the league. Good game to be at. Um, but it was good to see him you know, exercise that kind of authority. Even though when he scored the third, he did start to shove it up him a little bit, which is good though because he knew the game was well. At three one, the game was done. The game was done. They that weren't coming the back. That's when you can let the others have it. I tell you what, we well we just watched the we refreshed our memory with the KO mini just before. My favorite. Um, you would think it was sponsored by KO, but seeing <laughs> you would think it. Um, seeing the reaction after that third goal from the players. All together, all the local guys that were there, like Strain, Yangi, Dorigo. Yes. And they were all, so, little Spider-Man. Yep. They were all <laughs> so pumped. They were uh, so pumped. I love seeing Tom Holland up and about. Oh, yeah. They were so pumped. And I just love seeing Adelaide players beating Melbourne Victory yes. and then being so fucking pumped about it. Because that's how I is. feel about it. That's how I feel about they it. They know so what pumped. it's about. Yeah. Yeah, they know how much it means to us. and Excellent. It, and. Obviously, you can clearly see it on their faces. It means so much to them as well. It's just a shame Melbourne Victory is so pathetic that it had no fans to see it. I don't... There was only 5,000 of them there to see it. We won't go into it again. No, I was was going to say, where are they as a club? Because um, Spider Callat said on the Simon Hill podcast, they are a poorly assembled victory side, but we don't need to go much deeper into it. But I think whether we should, I don't understand. This is the um, club that should be the benchmark every year. Say that again. What did he say? He said that they are a poorly assembled side. Are they though? But this is my point. And then after that, he says, but we don't need to go more into it. 
which is well, and if, that, they're, that's, if they're, a, if they're I'm not paraphrasing. That's exactly how we well, said it. Well, if they're it. a poorly terrible English. Well, we all know. Uh, Kalach. Yeah. Enough said. But um, if they are a poorly assembled side, then you do need to go into it. That's what I thought. How could you cut it short at that? You can't we, just say well, we that. We talked about them a fair bit last week, didn't we? Or the week before. We talked about their imports. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we went into it. They're kind of... McManaman. On paper, this Melbourne Victory side is not bad. It's not bad. So, why? Yeah. what's the issue? Is it, Bre- Brebner's the issue? Or... I would say it's better than seven of the other A-League clubs competing this season. So how can you say they're poorly assembled? Look at the wages they're paying for these players. These are championship yep. ex-Premier League players. They've got them all, all of the foreign spots are filled. So maybe it's more a case of then um, they've got in a bunch of players. I, I don't know, it's hard to say. Maybe the players don't, because their they're big key players are internationals, maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't gel. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because they are like most, all their imports are like English all, players I aside think so. from Gested. Yeah, but he played they in got, England for a long did, time yeah. in his career. And they got McManaman, Butterfield, yep. Shotten. Shotten. He's out injured at the moment. Yeah. They do have, they do have a lot of problems at centre back. That's they fair, but they brought, at, that's they, fair. But, but they, yeah. No, but they brought Nick Ansell back who yeah. was a club. Well, he's out injured as well, isn't he? Is he out injured? Yeah. So he didn't, okay. uh, is he? That's yeah, fair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's out I injured as well. Blade. Maybe not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he played. Who knows? Uh, I think I've made a mistake there. No, but if they've got injuries at centre back, I will be a little bit more lenient upon them. But so they should we. still be doing better. <laughs> it doesn't excuse the fact that they Wait. have, um, like the players they do have in there. They only manufactured one goal out of us. Yeah, and that was a free kick, which was where the, quite fluky. The goalkeeping was questionable. It was yeah. a good hit by Brimmer. Like we said, we don't mind Brimmer, um, and it did. And they were lucky that it hit the bar and crossed the line. Yeah. Aside from that, um, like Robbie Cruz, like I spoke last week and said, I'm kind of a fan. I don't mind Robbie Cruz. Yeah. I like what he's done over his career. Um, but he, <laughs> like those chances that he had early on, he should be putting a team away with his experience and his, you know, the amount of football he's played overseas and the quality that we know he does have. First season, Robbie Cruz, when he was in, a youngster, he buries those chances. Definitely. That's what got him his move overseas. And now he's back here. And you can't say, like, there's no excuse about him being older because there was nothing to do with pace. He was in position. He had the chance to finish. And he didn't. He's past it. He's done. Oh, you reckon he's wrecked. I, this Melbourne team are done. I had, I had a note of Robbie Cruz that said he's stealing a wage. And I thought, <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe that's harsh. But now that I've listened to you, I thought, no, fuck it. That's exactly right. He's past it. He is done, and you are exactly right. It's not about pace or athleticism. He's, he's been unlucky with injuries as well. True. They've hurt him. True, but he's had a good run but this season. that shouldn't season. affect our he's had critique a good, of his He's play. had a good run this season. We've played now yeah. 10, 11, 12 games. Yeah. He should have, he should have a better output than he He should be up and has. running and putting... The, like, the and chances he got against us... Oh, dude. And the chances he, he got against us in the first game where we beat them. He, he should be putting at least one of those away. Mm-hmm. And then it's a different game. If he's as good as what people say he is, he should be, yes. But he's not. So, yeah. sorry, Robbie. And then you've got... Uh, from I haven't seen heaps of Melbourne Victory games, but the ones I have seen, um, McManamum seems to be playing really well. But he's just got no... No one's helping him. Yeah. He's got um, no support inside, outside, yeah. up front. Uh, he's got no connection or link with Gested right now either. No. 
Which is what you thought you would bring those two in to do. McMahon the will only, push the ball on his head. They got, um, uh, from memory, my poor memory, <laughs> they seemed to only, Gestead only got two chances. One was just after they scored and Cruz was allowed to run way too far yeah. and put him in. We and went he, to sleep a he bit. missed a one on one. It was good keeping by Gauchi to come out and smother. We didn't smother, but he came out and closed it all. Oh, we should say Gauchi. Yeah. I thought he was very good. Well, we did say that. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, he's very good. He was good. Double up. We Go did on. we did rate Gauchi. But yeah, Gestead got that chance and they had a chance from a corner where they just did what you would expect them to do. They just lobbed it up into the air yeah. somewhere in the box and let Gestead run at it. And that's but that's all he can do. That's the only danger. So You've got a player like... So maybe um, the team is poorly assembled. If they've got a player like McManaman, who's so good with his feet and beating players and looking to get the ball into the box to someone, but then you've got Gestead, who is only good in the air. So what's the backup option there? You know, That's a great point. That's a great point. They've got no genuine crosses. Because even when Marco Rojas is fit, he's a similar sort of player. He's yeah. not the one pinging it onto a striker's head. He's cutting inside and shooting a goal. And that, is, that is a big loss. That's Marco a huge Rojas. loss, yeah. No, it but, is. But um, even then, uh, like you said, like if Marco Rojas is in the team, feeding Gested through balls on the deck. That's not what he wants. That's not Gested's thing. It's never been his thing. Shit, maybe they are poorly assembled. So maybe they are poorly assembled. But, but, they, but they, they sh- yeah. I just, I can't give them any sympathy because they have the most resources to be able to do this. So why have they got it wrong? I mean, you could even say last season they got it wrong too. Uh, yeah. This is great for us. Well, As Adelaide guess, United fans to yeah, be commenting great. on how Melbourne have was, gone so wrong. I remember we had a, there was a discussion going on in some of the group chats before uh, over the weekend and someone said something about, I wish it's a shame that Melbourne are so bad at the moment when we beat them. And I was kind of the other way. I, was, I just think, kick them while they're down. Oh, like, I, I actually prefer it that they're, they're terrible... <laughs> And then we beat them and just go, yep, see, it's just another win for us. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but the, again, one of the loudest points for the Melbourne Victory fans all night was, you're nothing special, we lose every week. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love singing that chant in our we, stands. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How the shoes have fucking swapped, man. This is great. Yep. Well, Suck it. So they take your medicine, like I said last week. Yeah. I can't, oh, I just... I'm so elated with everything that's happening right now. I can't believe we're second in the league or third in the league and we're beating Melbourne Victory on a regular basis. After we predicted us losing most weeks a few weeks ago. Well, we were on a pretty bad run. We were. This is pre-Goodwin. Yeah. Pre-Goodwin. Well, like we said, Goodwin's back. We're going to win the league. Yeah. Whether we play as well or not. I hope everyone put money on it <laughs> right at the beginning. I hope we, so. were, we were paying $19 then and we're back into $11 now. So Yeah. Um, have you got anything else on the game? I, um, I think we have comprehensively we've, covered it the from only, every angle. The only other note I had, which I think should be mentioned, I don't know how many people heard it watching on TV, but um, when Carl Viet got yellow carded and you can hear him in the microphone, he throws his water bottle down and he goes, <laughs> every week this guy, he's the worst referee in the A-League. <laughs> And you can hear it on the Fox Sports mic so well. The camera's, the camera's lining up. The camera's up. still on him. You can you see can him see saying him it. You can see him say it. It's almost like he's looked... He may as well have looked down he's the down camera the and said it. <laughs> he's down the barrel telling him, I, you are the worst referee in this division. I absolutely loved hearing that. <laughs> who great. was it? Chris Beath. Of yeah, course Beath. it was fucking Chris oh, Beath. He, 
uh, we won't go too much into refereeing, but he walks around with this smug arrogance all the time. And he's, I just don't think he's a very good official at all. And Carl Vietz let him know. It was great. What, what Beath needs to realise is he is the guy getting paid the least on the football field. Just referee the game. Just referee We're not the here. game. We're not here to watch referees. We're we here don't give a fuck you are To here. watch the game. Yep. We might leave it there. We'll, we'll take, take a break. A, take a little break. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll come back into England. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Adelaide United are going to win the league. Welcome back to part two. <laughs> All right, let's go. Gripes, what have you got? This week, most weeks is a lot of things, but this week's, it's fucking dead play. Do you know what I mean when I say dead play? Uh, do not. Dead play is the phase between the linesmen giving an obvious offside and the ridiculous continuation of the attack. Here we go. I cannot fucking stand this. Just, if you think it's offside, raise your fucking flag, man. Just stop the play. What is going on? Do you have a specific example? Of course I have a specific example. <laughs> of course I do. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, thank you. You lent into this beautifully. Uh, Leeds Chelsea on the weekend. 11th minute. Ah, uh, yes. I did see this moment. Yeah. I didn't see the game. I saw this moment. Leeds are well in the game. I'm excited. We look good. I think we're probably going to beat Chelsea today. This is great. Patrick Bamford springs the offside trap. Flag stays down, runs in behind, squares it to Tyler Roberts. Goal! Leeds lead 1-0. Except it's not a goal, it's offside. Except it's not a fucking goal, because he is clearly offside. Why does the So why didn't he just flag it? Just flag it, man. Yeah. I understand why. Um, I get it. I don't understand why, to be honest. Well, I, I do, but I don't like it. I don't like it either. And because the main reason I don't like it, I think back to the Matildas World Cup campaign. When we were playing an extremely high line against Italy. Yes. The Italian striker was offside all of the time. Yeah. Like nine out of the ten times. It's not even an exaggeration. But every time, fucking Polkinghorn has to track back, chase after this striker. And it defeats the entire purpose of the offside trap. Because this striker is clearly offside. But every time the defenders are expending energy, wasting their time tracking the defender. Yeah. What? It, def- it defeats the um, purpose. It is annoying. Uh, we had this chat I had this chat during the week with a few people about the offside rule and VAR and stuff. And I said, well, why don't we just let the linesmen make a decision? You know, like Thank they've you. done for the last hundred fucking years. Thank you. Just let the linesmen do it. The linesmen should be the first point of because call. Because in terms of VAR... We've always said, like, you know, if they're... I think if you're drawing lines on it, if you have to draw lines on it, it's too close. It's Yeah. So you go with the linesman. Stop looking at it. Yeah. The problem is, as someone else pointed out to me, is um, the linesmen are instructed not to put their flag up as much. It's true. They're instructed to wait. But just change that. Tell them, if they think it's off, to flag. Exactly. Make the decision. And then you look at it on VAR and... If it's that close that you need to draw lines on it, you go with the linesman's decision. If the linesman has flagged, it's offside. I agree. If he hasn't, play on. He's going to get some wrong. I'd rather the linesman put his flag up and be marginally wrong than have 
goals where we go back, the linesman didn't give it offside, and then we go back and we look at it for five minutes and we, you know, we draw lines and everyone's making a cup of tea waiting. And then we get the decision. It's just bullshit. It's crap. I saw a tweet during the week that said, imagine we needed a VAR review for the Sergio Aguero goal against QPR to win City of the League. Imagine oh, imagine we had to wait. Kill everything. Five minutes yeah. to see that he had won the league for City. Imagine yeah. it. No, it's, it is ridiculous. And it's to the point bullshit. to the point you were making, yeah, it's because they're instructed to leave their flag down for so yeah. long. Which is fair. So we're not hating on the well, linesmen. No. They're doing what they're They're instructed to leave the flag to do. down because yeah. of VAR. So that VAR can then do its thing. But we, we've seen VAR come back minutes. I mean, we saw it during the, maybe last week in the Champions League, where they came back four minutes later to entirely change the play. Yeah. Why can't we just let the game play out and then VAR look at it? And then if there is something so obtrusively wrong, we bring it back. Yeah, because that's the thing is we've all been told that VAR is for clear and obvious errors, but it's not for everything. No. It's only for clear and obvious errors in terms of a penalty or a, like a red card offence. In terms of handball, they're trying to get it black and white. Yeah, which it will never be. And the process of getting it black and white means we're sitting there for minutes and minutes waiting and games are going into like the 98th and 99th minute because we're still, we've been waiting for decisions to be made. Yeah, and decisions are not even, they're not even correct decisions. They're not always correct either. Yeah, we're waiting for no they're still, reason. It's still not black and white, it's still going to be a grey area. It's never going to be black and white, exactly. Which means, if it's still going to be a grey area... Just let them adjudicate it on the field, yeah. Let the linesman make a decision. Just let them do it. It's way better to do it that way. I'm all for still, you can still have the VAR there for if the linesman has made a clear and obvious error. Exactly. But if it's... Like I said, if it's that tight that we're starting to draw lines on it with a computer, then it's obviously too close to tell. What happened to the old benefit of the doubt to the attacking team? Yes. And if the the linesman gets it wrong, he gets it wrong. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, usually, and it always kind of did it even itself up throughout the play of the season. But now you're seeing more often than not, you know, the big clubs being favoured by this kind of electronic review system. I mean, you can. There are stats. <laughs> I don't know about sta- that. There are know. stats that point to this. Yeah, that they're more often than not, City and United are getting more calls on VAR and on penalty adjudication reviews and stuff like that. Whereas, if you have maybe it, I'd need to see it before I comment. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to go all tinfoil hat on here. This is the good thing about an audio medium <laughs> is that I don't have to actually provide you documents. I, I can mean, just I can just say I mean, things. I'd be helpful. We can just speculate, though. I'm a millennial. I don't like have a, a printer. <laughs> Where do you want me to print these docs, man? Like every week, we can just come on and speculate things. <gasps> you want to pay $180 for the textbook? So Shut as- up. Aside from your, uh, aside from your displeasure at dead play. the offside. Dead play. Uh, dead play, sorry. Yeah. What else have you got regarding the Premier League? Because I've got to be honest with you, I saw... Fuck all. That's, I saw the highlights of the North London derby. That's about it. All right. Do you want to go into that then? Let's uh, talk about you, that. If you want. Because I... In, we're in danger of only having talked about Leeds and Arsenal at the moment though. It, it, no, in anticipation, I saw a lot of the Premier League. Okay. So we can talk about this and then we can go into what I know. Okay. What, so, did, what did you think of the North London derby? Well, I can only comment on the highlights that I saw. Yep. And the key moments. Go on. So, uh, great goal by Lamella. Uh, Great goal. 
I'll, look, I like a Rabona. It's a great goal. Don't be one of these. No, but do you think it's less impressive because it goes along the ground? No. You don't I th- reckon? I think it looked beautiful. <laughs> it was. I'm a. I love the. Uh, I love burying a goal bottom corner. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was less impressive at all. It looked the trajectory, the power on the Rabona was. It was excellent. I like the build-up play. I just think he's so allergic to hitting it with his right foot. He is, but that doesn't make take away from the goal. But do you think great goals should be flukes? Or? Okay, so here we go. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned this because um, for anyone that listens to Football Weekly podcast, they had Lars on there this week. No way. Our mate I mate Lars. Hear this. So he was talking about how people say, oh, you know, oh, but why didn't he just hit it with his other foot? <laughs> you know he's not good enough you know that sort of thing and he was talking about how a lot of the goals that we've seen a lot of the goals that amaze us and things we see they often are not the sensible option you know like Ibrahimovic's overhead kick against England from like near halfway true that was a stupid thing to do true but you don't he doesn't you know the ball doesn't go in the net and your reaction isn't to go oh. <laughs> if he was sensible though he would have brought the ball down you just go, oh, you know, he made it happen, it worked, it was a good goal. Just give him credit. So give Lamella credit for the Rabona. Okay, I like that line of argument, but I think it's different when you're talking about... When lo- someone takes a shot from 30-odd yards. It's uh, not the sensible option, is it? I think Cameron Devlin's goal for Wellington was better than Lamella's goal for Spurs. I tagged you uh, today. Yeah, I think they're both good goals. But I think Devlin's goal is better because it is okay. an executed technique, something that he's trained and something that he's thoughtfully... I'm not, I'm not too interested in comparing one to the other <laughs> but, deciding which no, is better. No but, no, but they're talking about Lamella's goal being the best goal of the season and Puskas Award nominee and shit like that. I, I don't know. You make your own luck as an attacker. Yeah, of course. You shoot and you score, you get the praise. You shoot and you fuck it up. You, you, know, get you get told detriment. you fucked it up. Yeah. So, you know. I don't know. It was improvisation. He just took it quickly. Um, that's all. We spent way too much time on that anyway. Um, I, thought, I thought that was a good <laughs> chat. I thought it was a good chat. My, but, other, my, my, no, my main question to you was, yes. do you think Odegaard is the perfect Arsenal player? Uh, perfect in what sense? In the sense of the Wenger errors going on to what, to what you guys are now. Just skillful, athletic, you know, glides through defenders, really occupies that attacking midfield space, beautiful passing range. I think he's what we've been missing. Can score goals. Isn't he just like the archetype Arsenal player? Uh, When you think of maybe Van Persie, Fabregas, you know, these really skillful uh, ball players. Potentially. He's really good. I'm very excited to have him, but he's only on loan as well Mm. from Madrid. But I think I think what um, I think what Arsenal are doing is you're realizing his potential, which he did yeah. at uh, Raul Santander as well, right? Uh, Sociedad. Was it Sociedad? Yeah. Okay, go on. Uh, you're thinking of Racing Santander. That's what I'm trying to think of. Who are not in the top division? Okay, but he was very Raul good. Raul Sociedad. He was very good on loan at that Spanish club. Yeah, yes. he was. He's a very good player. He is. And we're seeing it, and that's what we've needed because William hasn't been up to it except for the odd game, about six months apart. So. Um, yeah, he's been handy. He money, scored money well spent. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's good, and he's what Arsenal were missing. But 
we'll see. If they can make it permanent, that'd be very good. But, and then I saw, he scored the equaliser, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Lacazette's winner, uh, penalty. Did you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, we can talk about it. It's a penalty. No, it's not. It is. That no, is, it's not. It is blatant stupidity from the defender. It doesn't no, matter. it's not. He just jumps into him. No, the defender has the right to try and block the ball. He doesn't have the right to just jump into no, the player, like though. No, Lacazette mishits the shot. It doesn't matter. No, that does matter. So you matter. get a second chance. You no, don't get a second Lacazette chance. No, Lacazette is getting the second chance at the yeah, penalty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's being unfairly advantaged. Okay, so if I have a shot on goal and I fuck it up and yeah. the defender cleans me up, I don't get another chance. It's too bad. The defender yeah. fucked up by Pretty jumping much. into him. No, he didn't jump into no, him, really. He ridiculous. tried to block the trajectory of the shot. No. Nah. No, it's because Lacazette slices the shot that he gets the penalty. If, if Lacazette connects with the shot, the defender blocks the shot. Penalty. I'm sticking with penalty. Okay. I'm sticking with penalty. That's fine. Um, Lamella's red card, just quickly. I don't know. I think... He's probably stiff, but I think it was also just stupidly on his part. I knowing Lamella, your arms don't need to be that high, and he is dirty. Yeah, and, and he gets away with it a lot. Se- seeing his actions throughout the game, I thought that was intentional. Yeah, and I think yeah. the ref, I think the ref knew it, and he refed it properly. His I think arms that was are way too high. Card, yeah. Um, probably, the, the only other note, the other. only other note I would make, looking at the way the game kind of panned out, is uh, I think Arsenal probably would have had the game wrapped up and won it had Aubameyang been able to play. Probably. Did you see he got he got caught up in traffic and didn't make it? That's why he was on the bench. No, he was late. Yeah. Are you serious? He was late, so why he got put wasn't to the bench. The there was club? a photo of him like in traffic well, because they all a home game. They just all rock up from wherever, and he couldn't get there because of traffic or whatever. So he was put to the bench, and Lacazette had a a stinker really, and was let off by that penalty, allowing him to score. But Is yeah, that serious. Yeah, that's serious. That's unreal. Yeah. But had Aubameyang played, I think, yeah, it could have probably just been a different story earlier. And we wouldn't have to worry about the controversy with the penalty because he probably would have stuck one of those probably. Lacazette chances away. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, Spurs weren't... We've been talking up the last couple of weeks and they weren't yeah. anywhere near what we were saying. If you were looking at it from a neutral point of view, very disappointing, Mourinho. Yeah. Sending, out, sending them out to just <laughs> went be defensive. so defensive, but with all those attacking players. And telling them to play defensive. It it's just a, does not make sense to me. It's a to- it's, yeah. It's a totally weird way to play. It doesn't make sense to me. Because he goes out the previous week, they wipe Burnley with those attacking players. Why would you not just do that again? Yeah. Just line them up. Let them go. Yep. No, I don't understand it. Yeah. That's enough of that game. What else you got, Premier League-wise? I've got Sheffield United sacking Chris Wilder. Oh, yeah. Here we go. What the... Fuck. Don't agree? No. What? Okay. Why? Look how good he was um, last season. And that if is you're, true. And if you're going to get relegated, this is my point, if you're going to get relegated, why would you not stick with the guy that got you promoted well, not that's, three or four years ago? That's an interesting point is <laughs> Barry said on, Barry Glendening said on the Football Weekly podcast. I haven't heard this. He, so. said, if you're, he said, they look like they're going to get relegated. Chris Wilder's available. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, like you said, they in. got... He got them promoted, yes. and it looks like they're going to get relegated. In um, a strong league as well. What better a manager to have to get you back up? And then, I guess the argument is you can't replace him after he's got you promoted again. But I guess you, you could if you settle out and just laid it out that way. I did don't you, know. Did you see who they're bringing in? Who are they bringing in? Paul Heckingbottom. Which Jesus is, Christ. Which is a name that all Leeds fans, I, I heard all of your ears prick up. 
seriously, this sack of shit. Honestly, yeah. up there with the top three worst Leeds managers I've ever had to endure. Can you believe he's going to coach or manage a Premier League team? For a little while until they go down. Until they go down. But still, yeah. there's still 10 games to go. Yeah. He... They, um, what the fuck? You're going to replace Wilder with him? Seriously? The only thing I'll add is a bit of devil's advocate. Go on. Is it has come out in the last week or so that the Sheffield owner wanted to implement a football director and Chris Wilder wouldn't allow it. Okay. So I can kind of see where he's coming from there. But I think he should probably just, like, at this point, at this stage of the season, they look like they're fucking done already they're anyway. Down, yeah. So I think and you can't sign anyone anyway. Exactly. So they probably should have just stuck with him. And on the other, the other side of the foot, though, Chris Wilder, I think, was annoyed at their lack of investment in January. But, I mean, January's always been a notoriously hard window. It's not the window you want to be signing players. No. no. If you're relying on January signings to get you out of trouble, you're going to be in strife anyway. Although, in saying that, there's been some classic January signings over the years. Suarez was one to Liverpool. Was he? Yep. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But I know that something has Torres gone wrong. To Chelsea. <laughs> Unless it's like a, an injury replacement kind of thing. Yeah. Something's gone wrong in your recruitment in the, the main window. Yeah, that you're relying on January the, to... You're relying on gaps. January and... It's not really the time you see too many big moves, is it? You get the odd one, but yeah. Not regularly, especially not for clubs like Sheffield United. Yeah. They're not, they're not signing players that are going to save them. No, well, they're going down and they'll... They're going down. They'll be in the mix to come straight I mean, back up, I'd say. I mean, they're, they're lost, they have to be. They lost 5-0 to Leicester on the weekend. They're down. Like, they, they finished, they're so down. They finished ninth last year. I just feel, I don't know... They've had, I don't know what's gone wrong, but maybe it's, I guess last year they had a lot of games where they kind of just scraped the draw, just scraped the win. They weren't comprehensively better than teams they played against. And they maybe just had a, a, you know, an unreal amount of luck. And this year that luck's run out. Yeah. And they, it shows. There's also that new club effect where teams don't know where they're lining up. And they get found out. Yeah. They found found out out in the the second second season. season. Trying to do the same Jinx. things. Yeah, it does happen. So Exactly. And in that game, Ian Archer scored a hat-trick. His first Ian Premier League hat-trick. Yeah. Good to see Leicester still marching along. It is good to see. It doesn't matter. If players get injured, they, they bring them in. I'm sure, surely most neutrals can be getting around Leicester. I, yeah, it's after, good to see them up there. After 2016, I think every neutral is around Leicester right now. Yep. And that's a great hat-trick for me and Archer as well. Some really good goals. Yep. Uh, the, the other game that I watched was West Ham Manchester United uh-huh. because I thought that was going to be a rip-roaring game but of course I fell into the trap of the Premier League <laughs> in which West Ham and the Moisire sat six men behind the ball pretty much for 90 minutes and you know what West Ham did not have a single shot on target that is really disappointing given it, how well West Ham have played isn't recently. It? I mean, are they a top four side? Are you really going to go to Manchester United and not have a single shot on target? Yeah, they can't be. They can't you be. You can't do that. Um, especially given they saw like... I don't know why teams are so afraid of being brave. Like Man City were brave against Man City at times. Mm. And they, you know, they scored. They troubled them for a while. Uh, Man City were ultimately just a better side. Yeah. But... 
you know, it's a game that had they parked the bus, City probably would have won anyway. And they would have won so by more, So you may as probably. well go out and... That's the thing. Be brave, take them on. And to go to Old Trafford, sitting fourth... Were they sitting fourth when they, they were played? Fourth or fifth, yeah. Sitting fourth or fifth, going to Old Trafford. Who, and a Man United side that are, you know, they're not fantastic. Oh, they're They've been getting average at best. They get the results somehow, but they, you know... They're there for the taking, and West Ham probably they should are. have gone and tried to take them. Most games, this is a really good point. Most they're games, so vulnerable at the back. Yeah, Manchester United are most games there for the taking. The problem that you have is when you sit in and you try to play on a really sneaky break, it's not going to work because you play a higher line yep. by that instinct, and that's when Rashford and Greenwood are going to get in behind. Yep. And I've got to say, Marcus Greenwood. He, uh, Marcus Greenwood. <laughs> My bad. Marcus Rashford missed a couple of clear chances. Yeah. But... So did Greenwood. Mason. Mason Greenwood. I thought Greenwood was much more effective going forward. And I thought this was probably his most impressive display so far this season. And if he's trying to book a ticket um, to the European Championships, this is a really good... Ooh. I I think he's... Squad player. Yeah, probably a squad player, but I think he's made a really good advert for himself on this performance. Hit the post twice... Set up the goal. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah, he is good. Um, I think that's probably the first time you've praised a Man United player on this podcast. I did, yeah. I did yeah. really want to make no, a point of it. No, he is good. He is good. Um, and he, I, I shit on Man United. He is a shout for the Euro squad, maybe. It's just that that's the position that is like on the wings and stuff. That's where well, this is England where, are pretty strong. This is where me and my housemate were trying to figure out who is actually going to play on the wings for England? So you say Sterling, Sancho, definitely. Probably not. Who, who are I the other ones? I think Sterling, Rashford. You think Rashford plays in the wing? Yeah, well, Neville's shown in the past that he prefers... He's preferred Rashford over Sancho in the past. Mm-hmm. And Sancho hasn't had a great year either at Dortmund. So That's fair. I think... But Sancho would be next in line. Who do you think beyond... Who do you think beyond Rashford? Well... That's where you've got your... Because they play with the three... They play with the holding midfielder and the two in front. There's not really a position for a 10. And we've seen Foden play on the wing a bit for Man City. Okay. So I think he's probably in the mix too. Potentially Grealish maybe. Potentially Grealish. Yeah. Potentially Barnes. Potentially Madison. And you think... Yeah, okay. You know, that's fair. That's There's fair. a lot of attacking players to squeeze in there. That's fair. Um, Greenwood probably doesn't get a look in, but be worthy of thought to be in the squad. I think he's had a good season. Yeah. And if that's my one-man new player I'm going to praise this season, I'm happy with it. What about Luke Shaw? I thought he was average at best in this game. (laughs) Average at best. Kept a clean sheet. He did, yep. Good fantasy (laughs) points. He's been a good fantasy player if that's what you have. If that's how you so desire. Anything else? I don't have much to add to the Premier League. I didn't watch. I was wholly wrapped up in Adelaide United this week. Pretty much. That's what my Premier League wrapped. Yeah. That's all you got? Yeah. I just I just wanted to address one thing from the A-League as well. Yes, let's go. Because I said in the previous pod that Sydney were going to play MacArthur. No, they've already played MacArthur and MacArthur beat them. Ah. My bad. The game okay. I was looking forward to was Melbourne City MacArthur. Yes. And Melbourne City dispatched MacArthur. Absolutely oh, disposed yeah. of them. And so I think yep. if, if anyone is going to uh, dismantle... Adelaide United from winning the double this season. It's going to be Melbourne City because they look fucking wicked. Yep. There you go. Yeah. And that's my wrap. All right. That is my full weekly wrap. 
I don't have too much else to add. Uh, the only other game I really watched was Borussia Dortmund. Oh, yeah, Europe. Hertha Berlin. I don't have much on Europe this week. Just Hang a few on. Notes. I, yeah, you go. I've got some Europe. Okay. All right. But um, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Hertha Berlin, 2 0 win for Dortmund. Um, <laughs> Julian Brandt scored a cracking goal. How cracking? Uh, as in, <laughs> he hit the ball really hard, <laughs> and the keeper looked like. He didn't know what to do, and he just kind of <laughs> matrixed out the way of it, and it went in the net. He's like, I'm not going to touch this. This it's is too hot. <laughs> hands down, some of the worst goalkeeping I've ever seen. Do you think it was rigged? But, or his shit? I don't think it was rigged. I think it's just your shit. shit. Rigged your shit would be a really good um, that would be a good, category. That'd be a great segment. All right. Keep that in mind. Rigged yeah. or shit. Someone note uh, that In down. this case, he was just shit. Okay, shit um, sounds good. And then the youngster, the I think he's still 16, Yusuf uh, Mukoko, uh, came on and scored the sealer to make it 2-0. 16 or 16? Against a 10-man to Berlin after they had a player sent off for a, a disgusting straight red tackle on Marco Royce, which the player, he kind of knew halfway through the tackle that he fucked it up and yeah. he straight away was going to apologise. Was there an Instagram apology? I fucking hope <laughs> I so. I don't think so. You can't touch Marco Rouse like that. But that's all I got uh, Germany-wise. The only other note I had on Europe was in uh, Italy where our boys uh, Milan are done. They look like they are going to struggle to make Champions League. I think your early call for Inter to overtake them is looking very good right now. Oh, well, Inter are now 10 points clear <laughs> of Juve. They're nine points clear of Milan. So it's wrap. It's a wrap. I mean, Juve have a game in hand, so if they win that, it's seven points, but they're just too good, I think. And Juve are not good enough. Um, but Milan lost to Napoli, which makes it very interesting because now uh, the Champions League spots are really starting to bunch up. You've still got Lazio, Roma, Napoli. Atalanta are fourth at the moment, with Juve third, Milan second. I like that. And Atalanta are now out of the um, Champions League, so they can entirely yes. focus upon they bringing can. back into. But as can Juve. But I, I still don't think they're good enough. True. Whereas Atalanta are probably True. good enough to still get a Champions League you don't spot. Think, you don't think the Ronaldo hat-trick on the weekend reinvigorated them a little bit? Um, it was pretty good. Maybe. They haven't shown enough Perfect hat-trick, signs. man. I love them. Perhaps, but into are just too good. Into aren't going to drop enough points, I think, for Juve to catch them from here. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's um, an astute point. The only other note I had there, what else do we have? Spain. Hit me with Spain. Atletico just starting to slip a little. Another draw on the weekend, was it? I think so. Yeah. Um, Ahead of the Barca, Chelsea game. Barca are coming. Real Madrid are coming. Yeah, they drew nil all Atletico with Getafe, Ooh. which Getafe have been notoriously tough to play away against. But the other two have beat them in previous they weeks. They have. Yeah. Um, and Sevilla won as well, so they're still in the mix. They're up there. Real Madrid got a win. Barcelona got a big win. And now the gap is four points between Atletico and Barca. Real Madrid kind of look like they're off it now. They're six points behind Atletico on top. So Nice. There are some juicy title races. There which, is. France as well. Which feeds into France yeah, really well. I wrote a preview for France on the um, weekend. All of the teams in the top four dropped points. Yes, they did. Every single one. PSG lost at home. They lost home. at home to Nantes. Nantes? I don't know how to pronounce that. It's I written gonna, as Nantes. Yeah, I was going to say Nantes. I, I think it's just non. Non. <laughs> France. Ligue 1. Ligue 1. It sounds yeah. good to me. Non, but... but 
Which is exactly what PSG walked away with. None. (laughs) Exactly. Fucking none. PSG don't really have any excuses in this league either. No. For not winning it. It is notoriously referred to as the Farmers League. Yeah. And PSG is the second most expensive team in the world. So how the fuck are they not wiping the floor with this? Yeah. You refer to other results in this. Monaco Leo, which we previewed on the site. Game One of our games of the week was a nil-nil. Nil-nil. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I did write in there, Leo have the best defensive record in the league. Yeah, they do. And Monaco were relying on two key players, one of which didn't play. So I, I suppose yeah. that feeds into it a little bit more. But also, Leon trying to claw back points, drew away 1-1 to Rems. Ooh. So which leaves the fucking title so delicately poised. Lille, only three points ahead of PSG and Lyon equal on 60 points, and Monaco a little bit further behind. Juicy. I, I tell you what, the European leagues are looking yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, great league battles. You can't. You really can't. It. You can't pick any. Maybe other than Inter. Maybe other than Inter. Yeah, I think Inter's done. Um, if you were to look at say the top five European leagues, you'd say Inter done. City, City done. Probably done. Bayern up for grabs. Up for grabs. In Germany. Yeah, I think. I think Bayern will still be good enough, but it is on on uh, looking on just looking I, at the table. I reckon Leipzig could, could do it. Yeah. I reckon they could do it. I think Leipzig are going to drop more points at some point, and Bayern won't. Okay. But um, Bayern probably just be a case of just they're just too good. Yeah, um, that's fair. Looking at the table now, though, it is close and exciting. It's definitely up there. Um, as is France and Spain, obviously, yeah. as we just covered. And Italy. I mean, Juve is going to lose clearly. Oh yeah, well you'd hope so. It's good to see a mix-up. We don't want to see teams winning ten leagues in a row, do we? Unless it's Celtic, <laughs> which they <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Which is gone. Which is not going to happen. Also, no, just before done. we finish, just before we finish, shout out Sam Kerr, absolute masterclass in the League Cup final for Chelsea. Hat trick, six nil win over Bristol. Yep, beautiful. Plays perfectly into Matilda's winning the World Cup on home soil. Oh, that is that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I couldn't Juicy. imagine. I couldn't imagine anything better. We won the Asian Cup here on home soil. We can win the Women's World Cup on home soil. There you go. Yep. So we might just wrap it there then and say... Wait, one more touch, one more touch. Adelaide, on. uh, Lady Reds. Yes. Disappointing loss to Brisbane. Ah, uh, yes. But... Did see that. Still very much in the hunt for a finals berth. So please, hunt. we are playing at Cooper Stadium on the weekend. Get down there. Go and support the ladies. This is a fantastic team. This would be the first time we play the finals. It'd be a great time to get behind them. Absolutely. There you go. You've been told. Get out and support them. Um... Well, there you go. Adelaide are going to win the league. I think we're going to win the league. The Matildas are going to win the World Cup. I think we're going to win the World Cup. And Melbourne Victory are pathetic. Oh my God, what a multi. Adelaide will win the league. Matildas will win the World Cup. Melbourne Victory finished last. Done. Love that. Them and their 5,000 pathetic fans. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye.